What, what up, up, Oasis hey. people? Welcome back. We're in a brand new space. Yeah. I wonder if it'll sound different for those listening. Like if it'll so. be more actually, if the mics got, will pick it up. We got good enough mics. These are pretty fancy boys. Yeah, I'm That's hoping true. it sounds consistent because I just complained on the, yeah. what was it, the last podcast of when it sounds when inconsistent. It sounds yep. You know, but mm-hmm. at we'll least consistently this, in the same place. But now we're going to be consistently in this space. Yeah. Um, we're in our worship center. If you've never been to Grace Point, uh, welcome. Uh, you'll see we're on the stage now, and this will be our home for the next foreseeable future for the podcast. The old we'll podcast see. studio. We are now up to three podcast studios. Oh, where we've recorded this yeah. in the history. Oh, I yeah. was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, we've about? gone. I mean, <laughs> we we, we've one. gone through the evolution. <laughs> yeah. So now i got to find a use for my neon Oasis, Oasis sign. Oasis sign, yeah. yeah. Put it in your basement. No, I'll put it in the foyer. There were, some girls found out we had that because we went on a mission trip oh, this last yeah. week, and there was yeah, there was one of those at a church we served at, and they were like, "This is so cool," and I was like, "You know, we have one of those," and they were like, "What?" And they were so mad. Why don't you put it out? And it's like shows you never watched the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, new space, and we can just probably dive into it at this point, yeah. right? Yeah. Otherwise, the only thing I was thinking about, and you guys could give a comment just real quick: Are we decaf coffee people? Oh heck no. Why Full not? calf all the time. Why not? But you don't drink black coffee. No, okay, but I drink okay. espresso. I'm not getting a decaf espresso. What are you, what's, your, what's your thoughts on decaf I'm not coffee? a big enough of a coffee person to have a comment. I okay. feel like even regular caffeinated coffee doesn't really do anything for me. See, yeah, I can drink, energy-wise. So I can I don't drink know a latte with an extra shot at like 9 o'clock and I'll be fine. Or like at Oasis, I'll casually get two, three cups of coffee. See, and my thing is, I can't be, I, can't, I haven't been able to do coffee lately. It's hurting my stomach. So I'm trying tummy to figure issues. out. <laughs> no, I'm against tum, tum. the word tummy for adults, but that's a different <laughs> podcast. But I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, I love coffee. So I, I'm cool with decaf espresso. Like yep. I, I've drank decaf lattes for the last mm. about year, but I miss black coffee. Mm. And last Sunday for the first time, I just got a cup of black coffee decaf and it was amazing. Yeah? It was like, it was like I was back in. So now I was talking to some members on staff, and I might just be the guy who every morning comes in and brews a pot of decaf. Oh. And I'll Does it label taste it different. Than some people think so, but I, I like the bitter taste of coffee, and I'm not that into it where I like know the notes and all that crazy stuff. And mm-hmm. so, to me, it still just tastes like black coffee. Yeah. And I like that. It's the experience for me. Gotcha. I want to hold I'm in it. Coffee for the juice. I want my flavoring. tongue to like feel. You know, like when you drink black coffee. You guys don't really get it, but when you drink black coffee, like your mouth kind of feels, feels dirty choppy. after. You know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You I get want. Like the, I want that feeling back. You get like the mucus it. all over your tongue. Yeah. You got to like scrape off. It's like gross. Yeah. yeah so the nasty. The only time but. I like that is when I'm in extreme situations where I feel tired, like mission trips or. And then decaf's not going to serve you anything. No. Yeah. No. So, you're probably not. My dated my like. But I was everyday coffee is like. Give me the flavor. I was selling a couple people earlier, so if you ever uh, come into the office and there's a pot of decaf, you're that welcome. You should just put it on your desk. No, because I want to share, because I can't drink a whole pot. That's not healthy. Mm. I only want like a cup or two. Yeah. Probably a cup and a half and on an cup ideal day. Mm-hmm. So after this, I'll make a pot. Anyways, let's jump into <laughs> it. Dylan, what are we doing? So we are hopping into just some Bible study uh, and some methods to, and one specific method to just study scripture that as we go in and we engage in the spiritual discipline of studying of the, of the word, mm-hmm. uh, of the written scriptures, um, that it helps to go into it with somewhat of a plan. Um, this isn't a book that you can just hop in and read just like your favorite you know, fictional book that mm-hmm. you don't need any context or preparation for, but this is um, like the word of God that can speak um, into your life that, that can um, just really help um, 
I don't know, speak into every part of your life. Yeah. Uh, and so there has to be some preparation um, and just some ways of going through it to, to study it, to, to grow in knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Um, and so we're hopping into the CIA approach and, today. And before we even get into that, I've just hit, hitting again on the importance of scripture. Yeah. Uh, I've, I love quotes, and so I'll read one to you off of my phone here. But St. Cyprian of Carthage. I don't know if I butchered your name. I'm sorry, Mr. Cyprian, you if I did. You have to just start saying names of confidence. I, I can't, I can't, I can't say it. I, I just know that I don't know it. But he says, be constantly committed to prayer or reading scripture. By praying, you speak to God, and in reading, God speaks to you. Mm. I mean, that's the power that mm-hmm. we have when we open up God's word. Yeah. That in prayer, we come to him and we, we, we speak to him. And, and I would also add to this quote, like, you can listen to God in prayer. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in his word, he speaks back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we have a... If you're a Christian, you should crave to hear from God, yeah. right? The power of hearing from God, that the, the creator of the universe wants to speak to you. Mm-hmm. He wants to speak into your individual life, your individual season, and his word promo- gives you that opportunity. Yeah. The other quote I've been living in is the Charles Spurgeon one that says, visit many books, but live in the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That over the last two years, I've been an avid reader and I'm, I'm reading all of these books but what it looks like to journey through those, but find my life and, and live in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So if those help you, if, if you're a quote person, those have ministered to me the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Anyways, back to it. So we're hopping into the CIA approach, and that stands for clarify, interpret, and apply. I do not know why I just said those you with kinda, like a southern you twang. You kind of did give us a little did southern. He? I didn't even catch it. We were clarifying, and then... Uh, <laughs> We're going to interpret. I'm definitely not from the South. Yikes. But I don't know where that came from. West, what's South Dakota gets a little Southern kind of, gets Western. It's, no, feeling. West Canadian. It's Western feeling. Canadian. Yeah, East really? East gets Canadian. Yeah. We get our Opes. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. we get our Minnesotas. Yeah. yeah. But East, anyways. I got made fun of because of my accent when I left. I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, uh, the, this is an inductive Bible study yep. approach. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the Ex- word is. Yeah, inductive. I was going to say, can you explain that? You know what inductive really... even means? Um, it's a fancy word. I do, but I don't know if I can voice it well enough. That's fine. If you think of it, you, you let us know. But <laughs> it is it an inductive Bible study <laughs> approach. So CIA stands for the three words. The other words you might see when you're looking at inductive Bible study is O-I-A, yep. C-I-A, O-I-A. So instead of clarify, people will use the word observe. Yep. But they're very, very similar methods, um, which go through three steps mm-hmm. to study scripture. Uh, we've taught this to our leadership team. Many of us have learned it at school. So here's a free seminary lesson if you're interested. Did you find you it? Go. Yeah, but the definition is it, weird. It's not great. No, it doesn't right. help. <laughs> so first one, clarify slash observe. What is it? Uh, the clarify is to um, understand the meaning of the passage for its original audience. Mm. Um, and so the Bible was not written for us in 20th, 21st century. 21st, yep. yep was not written in the 21st century. So we cannot read it like a, another book written. Mm-hmm. Like it had an original audience. Most of the New Testament was written as letters to people. And so uh, to best understand the scriptures, we have to understand its original audience mm. and who it was written to and why it was written. And so there's context that comes um, with each of the scriptures and which either, which either each of the books that you'll find in the Bible. Um, I, I think, I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off, but you're good. I think <laughs> there's a lot that you just said there. I have had someone get unbelievably upset at me when I said that sentence, because I told them the Bible wasn't written directly to you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they were like, it's the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's for me. I have it in my lap. I'm supposed to learn from it. So what, give, give another, like, just clarify that and bring it back around. Because I think people need to hear that twice. That yes, the scripture is not directly written to you. Why? 
it's not di directly written to you because it was written to an original audience. Like mm -hmm. um, two weeks ago when I preached, I, I talked through First Timothy. It was Paul's letter to Timothy instructing him to correct the bad theology mm -hmm. that was happening at the church of Ephesus that Timothy was leading. Yep. So it was never written. It was never from Paul to Dylan. It nope. was never mm -hmm. from Paul to Jana, from Paul to Brennan. Yep. Like, it was from Paul to Timothy to correct the bad theology in yep. Ephesus. Yeah. And well, Peter's, and was, go ahead. It was canonized. So all these individual writings were put together to create the yep. Bible that we now hold. And there are so many books that different people throughout time and history have considered to be part of the Bible that the religious leaders throughout time and space have weeded that out and canonized specifically mm -hmm. this kind of organization mm -hmm. of it for the church to continue to build upon. Yep. But again, it, Paul didn't know that we'd be sitting here reading it. He was writing to the church in Ephesus. Like he was if, writing to Corinth. Yep. Like, you if know, like, we wrote an email and like if yeah. I wrote an email instructing Brennan to correct his bad theology and then just 2000 <laughs> years later, it's <laughs> considered a holy text. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. some people are frustrated by that because mm -hmm. they're like, they think it loses some of its significance. Because if Paul didn't write this knowing that it will span generations and people thousands of years from now, then is it as powerful? And I would argue on the contrary, yeah. that I think it's more powerful that Paul yeah. probably didn't know that his letter sent to his friend, Timothy, would still be read thousands of years later. Because one speaks to Paul's influence and one speaks to God's influence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if Paul was wise enough and smart enough and strong enough to write a letter that lasts centuries, yeah. then we have to applaud Paul. But if Paul just being used by God and God is wise enough, strong enough, mm -hmm. good enough, sovereign enough, that he can write a letter in the first century and let it withstand the test of time where 20 centuries later, it still has immense value for our lives. How incredible is that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. there, that's another tangent, but Perfect. so good. Yeah. And so what we want to do when we first come to tech, the text is clarify that, mm -hmm. is understand where it comes from. So if you're hopping into, you know, first uh, Timothy, let's just continue to use, um, Understand, like, all right, it was a letter written from Paul to Timothy to correct the bad theology in the church of Ephesus. Yep. And then continue to read it as that mm -hmm. and say, okay, with this context in mind, then I can go through and interpret. Um, also, how does it relate to the rest of, of Scripture? Um, a lot of the times throughout the uh, epistles, which are a lot of the letters written in the New Testament, um, it refers back to the importance of the Word of God. Mm -hmm. But at the time, they did not have the New Testament. So the importance of the word of God that they were testifying about was actually like the, the Jewish Bible, which would have been the, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, mm -hmm. yeah. and either some of the older the prophets, yeah, the the prophets yeah. and the law. Um, and so when they're talking about the importance of scripture and remembering and studying scripture, they're actually still talking about that. Mm -hmm. But yes, it still also has importance to the, the New Testament, of course, and, and the four gospels yep. according to Jesus's life. Um, but you have to take that into context. They're not saying, hey, study scripture, which is, hey, Paul's saying to Timothy, go study Second Timothy. Yeah. Like there is context to that. There is weight and there's a, there's a background to it. Yeah. And I think that knowing, for me, knowing the context and the history and the author and what they were going through actually brings more to light in what they're saying. Yeah. It's, it's easier to understand. So like the gospels, they all tell the same story, yeah. but they're all so different. And to know how, why Matthew wrote the way he did versus John versus mm -hmm. Luke versus, 
Matthew, Mark, Mark, I was like, I'm missing one. <laughs> like to know like why that person wrote differently with the context they were in, who they were writing to, the who Luke wrote the gospel for was different than who Matthew wrote the gospel yep. for. With different like, purposes. With different purposes, yeah. mm-hmm. but they all tell the same story and they bring to light different aspects of who God is and who Jesus was and things that he did that I think bring greater impact. And the same is through for Paul's letters, through John's books. I mean, even looking in the Old Testament and mm-hmm. like knowing, you know, the book of Jonah and, and the story it tells of Nineveh, but then how this, what Nineveh was going through is the exact same thing we're going through Why right does now. Nineveh yeah. matter to me? Right? Yeah, exactly. Like that's so the, it's like, but understanding that and knowing that history and realize like they're people in the same way I'm a person and God wants to work through me the same way he worked through them yeah. is like. And so also good. I think, I think Christians a lot of times struggle with reading the Old Testament because they don't know the cultural background. Mm, yeah. There is totally. so much interesting background. It's, I love and the it Old is Testament. One huge, huge story. Oh, mm. I mean, like I've been reading Joshua and so Joshua four or five, I don't remember exactly. The people have to get circumcised. And if you don't understand what's happening there, you're like and and like if you don't know what circumcision <laughs> is, like Google it very cautiously. But like <laughs> If you don't understand what's going yeah. on there, you're like, what is happening to the people of God? Like, why is this so important? Yeah. But when you understand, when you go into understanding the context, understanding the history, understanding the significance, like then you're able to grasp that moment for what it truly is, mm-hmm. that they are being consecrated as the people of God, that this is not just some offhanded action that they, they did for like health reasons, why we maybe do it today. Mm-hmm. Like this was a, an act of consecration to dedicate themselves to being God's people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but you miss all of that. Mm-hmm. And when we come to scripture, I feel like the the reason so many people miss this is one, they haven't been taught it. Yep. Or two, it takes some work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? There's three steps we'll give you today. That we're, we're still on the first one. Yeah. yeah. Like we've <laughs> got- spent 10 minutes talking about the first one. And so it's going to take you some work and we haven't brought you up at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, your you and your relationship to, to God and what you're trying to learn hasn't come up in the equation. Yeah. But you have to do this pre-work to understand so you can get to a place where, where you start to apply and and start to do the application part that it actually has truth and, and root mm-hmm. back in what it was supposed to mean. Yeah. I'll give an example and then one more point and then we'll move on to the next part of interpret. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah I think there's some practical stuff we can add to, but keep yeah. going. Um, so my example is be like, I'm, I'm not a Marvel person, but it's like me trying to walk into a Marvel movie and not watching all the things. <laughs> Having no idea from. who like the Hulk or Iron Man is. Yeah. yeah. Like I walk into most Marvel movies because all my friends are big Marvel peeps. And I walk in just like, I'm here to enjoy whatever this is. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I have none of no like, context, oh, did you see you know, that little, little hint of something? It's like, no, because I don't know the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Where with understanding the, the background, there's the bigger picture and the context that you get to mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with that, when when you go in to clarify, um, one other thing is you have to understand the literary style of the text. Mm, yeah. Um, if you if you go into um, the Psalms, it's a lot of poetry, and so you have to read it as such. Where if you go into like yeah, First or Second Samuel, like that's a whole lot of historical narrative. Yeah. And, and so you have to read that as such. And so walking through the different uh, genres of text, I think there's about seven different genres mm-hmm. in the entirety of Scripture. 
And so understanding it and putting in a little bit of research, whether it helps, you know, highlighting the, the table of contents of like what the each, colors, yeah. yeah, with a different color of like, hey, this is uh, law, this is um, prophecy, this is poetry, this is uh, historical narrative, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. That will help. Because if you go into poetry and read it as a historical narrative, you're going to come up with a whole bunch of different outcomes yeah. than what truly is. Yeah, that's good. Some practical things I'd say is just start with the the five W's or whatever, the four W's and the H, yep. right? Who, who's yep. writing it? Who's it to? Like who, what, like what are they saying? Why, like why are they saying it? When did they say it? Like time matters, mm-hmm. right? When you're looking at the epistles, when you're seeing in, they, they wrote it like after Jesus had died and before he resurrected, you like you or like after Jesus had died and like after he resurrected and like maybe they're writing like, you're seeing at the end of the Gospels, there's this period of time where Jesus is existing with them. And so mm-hmm. he's walking around, but you didn't realize that in the narrative, like in the story, he hasn't ascended yet. That could throw off mm-hmm. your whole, so who, what, when, where, why, how? I feel like I'm missing some. But ask yourself that those questions and really wrestle with those things to understand um, even the simplicity of some of those can give you mm-hmm. great depth yeah. to read. I'd also say don't be afraid to bring in other help. Yeah, like, Totally go to commentaries, ask people that you know that study the Bible for mm-hmm. recommendations. I mean, some of, I mean, the Bible is hard, you know, the Bible is hard to sit down and just read for exactly what it is. Yeah. And you're not going to, it's not going to say who, what, when, where, why before each section. Mm-hmm. So like look up some commentaries, mm-hmm. Google, get a study, Bible. get a study Bible. Like, yeah, uh, yeah watch the Bible out, project, you know, another, yeah. Other resources to help you to find that information. Yeah. And, and anytime you're looking for resources, you got to kind of tread lightly. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. There's some that are great and there's some that are horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. There's not, there, not everything's needs to be held with the same weight, but yeah, when you're answering these questions, you're probably not going to find the historical context of Ezekiel just in the back of your brain. Yeah. Right. You're not just going to sit there and be able to <laughs> understand that you might need a commentary, a study mm-hmm. Bible or a pastor's qu- like ask a question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Jump to the second one. Let's go. Yep. Second one. Interpret. What are we doing when we interpret? What are we doing when we interpret? Interpret is the process of, of asking the questions. What does this passage teach me about God, about his ways, about his desires for his people, um, for me? And so it begins to take that, that uh, clarification, that context that you've gotten and say, okay, well, what does this mean? What does this teach me about God? Not quite taking it to the step of what is it about? Like, what am I supposed to do with it? Which I think mm. is the step that people immediately jump to. Mm. Before they do clarification or interpretation, they go to, how do I apply this? Yep. But to, to actually stop and say, okay, what does this actually say? What's the clarity, clarity in it? How do I interpret this? What does this reveal about who God is? Ask that question of what does this teach me about God? Yeah. What mm-hmm. am I supposed to learn about God from this? Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's interpretation. I think forward. we should probably just do an example or two yeah. to clarify mm-hmm. this one. Cause there's not as much to flush out as maybe the first one. So what's a, what's a step that you've seen in your scripture reading that after you've done the observation and the clarifying where it got to interpretation? Um, heck the one I just uh, read this morning, went back to Hosea 11, Ben preached on it earlier this year. Mm. Um, but just seeing God's heart and his compassion for Israel, he's like, Israel, you've messed up so badly. Like you keep running from me. Like you keep going and you worship, worshiping Baal, mm-hmm. but I cannot let you go. Like I still care for you. My heart still longs for you. Mm-hmm. And seeing God's passion in that and like, um, and even in it, it happens two or three times. He refers to himself as the Holy One. So that tells me something about his character. That's good. That mm-hmm. what he is saying about himself, the way he identifies himself is as the Holy One. Yep. So what can I take about God's character is that he's holy and he's compassionate. Just from that one chapter of text. I mean, 
I can't even tell you how many chapters are in the Bible, but it's a lot. It's so a lot. from one texture, one uh, chapter of text, I can tell that God is holy, that he's compassionate, and he loves his people. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I've been reading through Joshua for the last week and a half or so. Um, and over and over again in Joshua, I've seen God meet me in the text, teach me things. But Joshua 1 is a passage that I'd read probably a hundred times before. Like it's a pretty common one. It's got the Bible verse that a lot of people love. Joshua 1, 9, where it's like, yep. have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. And we're like, <laughs> yes, we can do it. Because we like to flare ourselves up. Um, but in that, like I was reading, and as I was observing, I noticed a repetition taking place. Mm. That in Joshua 1, four times God commands him to be strong and courageous. And so I'm sitting there thinking, why is there this repetition? Mm-hmm. Like, why is there this consistent, you know, we get it once in the really famous verse, but three other times in that chapter, God has said the same thing, be strong and courageous. And when I got to the interpret part, I recognized that he was strong and courageous because God was with him. Mm-hmm. Every single mm-hmm. time he'd lay out, be strong and courageous, God would quickly reiterate the fact that it's not his own strength or his own courage. It's only because God is with him. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there thinking, you know, in my life, I don't have to be strong. I don't have to be courageous. I don't have that within me. Like one of the quotes that kind of drives me mad is like, when you need to be brave, God will give you opportunities to be brave. It's like, (laughs) when you need, when you need to be strong, like he'll, he'll put you in situations that make you strong. And like some of that is true, but some of it's straight up not (laughs) right. Like, you yes. put me in a situation where like I need to deadlift 600 pounds, I'm not all of a sudden going to be that strong. Like that's not within me, right? Like yeah. Yeah. you put someone up on stage at Oasis, it's like preach a message, but they have no training and no education. It's like, yeah, they're going to have to use faith, but they haven't learned. Mm. So some mm. of that is God has to teach us and lead us and it's his strength and his courage and his mm-hmm. that we lean into. He puts that inside of us. And so I'm seeing that in interpret. It's like, okay, God is with me mm-hmm. and yeah. he is strong mm-hmm. and he is courageous and he will provide. And that narrative continues to play out through Joshua as it's reiterated every single time they come up against an obstacle, God provides. Jordan River, God's there, he provides. Yep. Jericho, mm-hmm. God's there, he provides. They carry the ark around. They're the ones doing the marching, but God is the one providing. Mm-hmm. So it's just, there's, there's so much beauty in that interpretation. Yeah. Super good. Next one, last one. Yeah. Finish it up. Apply. How are we applying the text that we have learned? This is people's favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? This is, this is we've been waiting to get to step three. <laughs> like if I don't apply whatever I read this morning or I don't walk away with five ex- up application <laughs> points, God didn't meet me there. I actually want to, to go back a little bit, uh, go back against what I just said. I think it's people's favorite and it's probably the least like lived in. Mm right? Because yeah. we either have people who, who love the application and it's, they open the word, they're, they're reading a psalm and they're like, okay, what can I do because of this? What can I, you know, like they're instantly to that application. But then we have a whole nother group of people who are only reading scripture for knowledge. Mm. They're oh, yeah. stuck in steps one and two, Yeah, right? I, you read Joshua, you read Revelation, you read the books of the Bible and you know the context, you know what the, te- you know about God, but you have never gotten to application. Yep. Mm. That's Super, and super, I'm, yeah. so it's like, maybe, maybe both of the, maybe all three of these are important. <laughs> so, I think maybe if yeah. you, if you start with one and two, but you forget three, that's where you find the lack of transformation. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's where you, you are, find dryness. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the scripture, which was once alive to you will become boring and dull because you're not living in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Living out the scriptures is exciting. Mm-hmm. Learning about the scriptures is not that exciting. Yeah. Yeah. When you have a holy moment with God, you're like, yes, this is awesome. But if mm-hmm. you just. 
if you just read a book constantly every day for the rest of your life, there, there's not much life in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you live in the pages of scripture yeah. and when yeah. it changes you, there, there's beauty there. So what do we talk about for application? We kind of skipped this, but based on what you've interpreted, based mm-hmm. on what you've observed and clarified, this is now what do you do? Yep. So for example, what are things you guys have seen in the text lately where you're like, okay, I did the work and now God is asking me to do blank. I didn't think about this. Oh, <laughs> I you just preached, man. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so for me, a couple months ago, I challenged my student, high school student leaders to memorize John 15, one through eight. Mm-hmm. And it's super hard to memorize because it's yeah. very repetitive, yes, but, not, <laughs> mm-hmm. but not at the same time. Um, but it basically just says like, I'm the vine. My father is the gardener. If you remain in me, I'll remain in you. And you can do all things through me as you remain in me, blah, blah. Yep. Over eight verses, basically. That yeah, same yeah. thing over and over again. And so I think for me, it was like, okay, God promises if I remain in him, he is going to remain in me and he's going to work and I can ask for whatever I need and he will meet that need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the the application is then, okay, I need to remain in him. Yeah. So yeah. what does that look like for me? What's the steps I need to take? Um, I have to put practical steps into place if I'm going to apply anything or I'm not going to do it. Yep. I can't mm-hmm. be like, well, I'm just going to like read my Bible more, you know, or like whatever. Like I have <laughs> yeah. to be like, okay, this is a step. This is what I'm doing. Here's X, Y, and Z to actually like live it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think of one? Yeah. Um, going back to first Timothy, uh, four, seven, um, where he says, do I have anything to do with, uh, godless myths or, or old wives tales, but rather train yourself to be godly or like that. I mean, we talked about formations to two podcasts ago. Yeah, I think so. we did what we were learning when that was, that was the big thing that you're in. Um, but like my formation, like as I studied that scripture was like, okay, this is what is most important in my twenties mm. is to grow in godliness, to yeah. set the firm foundation, to build the rest of my life upon. That's good. So that if I am intentional with what I do here and the way that I train and equip myself, um, through the power of God, then that I then I have that firm foundation to build my life on yeah. as I continue, and so like as I build like rhythms, routines, like just the basic parts of life, mm-hmm. that's what comes becomes routine, and that's what I fall back to is the godliness, is um, like righteousness and, and holiness that yeah. um, God has brought about in that training. I also think part of the application in, in both of our uh, examples is to remain from old wives tales and false mm-hmm. i'm blanking on what the whole even godlessness is. <laughs> yeah, you're good. like so to re- be reflective and say okay what are those things mm-hmm. that are false, false in my life that i need to address yeah. and remove or what are the things in my life that are keeping me from staying connected mm-hmm. to god mm-hmm. that i need to remove or take away so that i can yeah, do that's that that's good yeah for me I, I think there's something about god works in themes in our lives mm. Mm. yep so I'll read different passages of scripture. I'll hear different sermons. I'll listen to different podcasts. And, and there's nuggets that I'm applying to different things. Mm-hmm. But most of the time he's working in a theme. Yeah. That there's a grand picture. So when I'm in service twice on Sundays, when I'm listening to six, five, six podcasts a week, when I'm reading my book, when I'm, you know, there's all these different streams of input. And I can't apply all those things. Yeah. Yeah. So many Christians get paralyzed by the over-information, over-saturation of of. Christianity Mm -hmm. that they just get paralyzed and not doing. I encourage people to look for a theme. So if God is teaching you about like remaining in him, you're going to see that theme over and over and over and Mm -hmm. over and over again. Mm -hmm. And every sermon and every podcast, you know, there's going to be something in that where you're like, oh yeah, it is important to remain in God. For me, 
I have been learning the theme of, of hardship and discomfort. Mm -hmm. So everywhere I turn, God is teaching <laughs> me that growth is the trajectory of our lives. Yeah. We're not meant to be comfortable. We're not meant to, to be um, content all the time. Mm -hmm. Like there's these moments of discontentment and discomfort, which will push us into greater dependence on him and ultimately growth. And I hate that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But it's true. And so this week, I'm, or this last week, I was preparing for the message, Christianity isn't an easy life. And I'm sitting in the text of Matthew 12, seeing what Jesus actually calls his disciples to and understanding the suffering that will come with following Jesus. And it's everywhere. So I'm understanding yeah. mm -hmm. in my own life, when there is hardship, that doesn't mean that God is absent. Mm -hmm. When there is struggle and suffering and persecution and, and all of the negative that life brings, that doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. It doesn't mean that that God's not moving. Like he might be moving in the very thing that I'm struggling in. Yeah. Uh, so that's what he's been teaching me. So that's super good. Any final thoughts? Yeah. No. So when you're doing your Bible study, you got inductive yeah. Bible study. This is one way to do it. Yeah. I don't know if we've said that clearly. Yeah. 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 And yeah also, there's tons of other ways. I think it's important. Write it down. That's just like, mm. you can totally do this in your, in your head, but write it down and then you can go back, like keep a journal, reflect on like yeah, what you have good. been learning. Yeah. So then like, if you do the context, sorry, I got a lot Brennan's voice crack. <laughs> Just cracked? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Went, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oops. But, but keep track. And then like, you can go back and you say like, oh, like last month I read, you know, Ezekiel, whatever. And there's a context that is, mm. this is what I had to clarify. This is what I was able to interpret. And so you don't rely on yourself to have to remember everything mm. you've studied. Yeah. That's so, good. Clarify or observe, depending on which, which word you like better. Interpret and then apply. Uh, so you do that, God will meet you in his word. Yeah. All right, peace out. See ya. See ya.